0: Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. So today I thought I would take this opportunity to interview Brock. Brock has been in business basically for the last two years and as a newer entrepreneur and especially one who's you know kind of doing it part-time, and by part-time I mean he's making it work while he's also a full-time student, that so many of you would be able to relate to that. Maybe you're working full-time at your career, at your job, or you're building your business at night while your kids are asleep, whatever it is. Typically, when you're transitioning into any business, you start by doing it part-time. There aren't very many people who just are like, okay, I'm quitting my job, and tomorrow, for the very first time, I'm going to spend 40 hours working on this new idea. It's usually a gradual transition, something you do a couple of hours a week. It builds to you know 10 hours a week and so on. So I thought we would just kind of ask some of those initial questions to make sure you are on the right track. So Brock, the first question I have for you is how difficult is it at times to balance being a student or you know doing these other things that require your time and also the pull because it's addictive to work on your business? How difficult is it for you to balance those things?
1: Well, you know, I think you said it right. It absolutely is addictive at times to work on your business and to really want to dive deep and do research and come out with all these different courses and products and constantly be creating new content. But for me, it really just goes back to my priorities. So even though, yes, it might be difficult to balance everything Mm -hmm. in terms of business and football and school and friends. But at the end of the day, I know where my priorities are, so it makes it a lot simpler. So I know that, you know, maybe I would rather stay in one night than go out. Maybe on another night, I haven't been out with my friends in a while, and I would value a nice dinner out with some of my friends more than I would my business. And at the same time, I also know that working on my business and being able to create an income for myself Mm -hmm. allows me more freedom to take my friends out to eat or to, you know, take a trip home and spend time with my family or, or do things like that so I think for me it goes back to priorities
0: okay but I think everyone when they think about their priorities they are like yeah I know what my priorities are I mean anyone who's listening right now can say what are your priorities and they're gonna be able to rattle them off but there's a difference between knowing what your priorities are and then prioritizing your time mm-hmm. so can you give us specifics like things that you do tactically is that the right word yeah tactically Tactically tangibly tangibly. Yeah, I don't know actions if you will (laughs) habits that make it possible for your priorities to Be expressed in your actions like how do you keep your schedule accountable to those priorities?
1: Yeah, so it starts off with schedule I schedule out every single day ahead of time and I schedule out every single week ahead of time on Sundays Oh,
0: Okay on Sundays. Mm
1: -hmm, Yeah, so Sunday is my day where I sit down and I plan my week ahead I look at what events I have. What events do I have to do? What can I fit in in certain hour-long blocks? And then every single day at the night, the night before, right before I go to bed, I'll look at my schedule for the next day. What are my non-negotiables? What do I have to do? What do I have to get done? And then what do I want to get done for my business? And then what are some things I would like to do? Is there some new comedy special on Netflix I want to watch? Do I want to hang out with my friends? What are my want-to's? What are my need-to's? And what are my non-negotiables?
0: So what is something you are willing, because you have to make sacrifices when you're building a business, you just do. I mean, bottom line. And I think we have to be really clear about what we will sacrifice and what we won't sacrifice. So at this stage in your life, because it's different for everyone, you know, maybe you're a newlywed or you have a new baby or you're just out of school, you're trying to pay off your debt, whatever it is, in certain seasons of our lives, there are things we just can't sacrifice. And there are certain things, if we think about it, we can. What are those things that you're willing to sacrifice and what are you not willing to sacrifice? So I am willing to sacrifice a night out with my friends. Like one night or?
1: Yeah, I absolutely am willing to sacrifice one night or maybe even an entire weekend. You know, maybe I'm sacrificing this entire weekend to, you know, create content. And on the flip side of that, I'm also willing to sacrifice the size of my business. So what I mean by that is I could be on YouTube. I could be producing a weekly IGTV video. I could be on Pinterest. I could be doing Facebook lives all the time. But I know that if I did that, I would have to sacrifice a lot more in other aspects of my life. So I try to not spread myself too thin. I try to focus on one or two different platforms and provide as much valuable content as I can there without spreading myself on all these different platforms and and really trying to make my business as big as it could possibly be right now. I'm sacrificing some size and some audience reach right now to enjoy the college experience
0: okay that's huge and we'll get to what you're not willing to sacrifice in a second but I want to add to that people struggle with this because the draw the allure of growth and of doing all things and taking advantage of all opportunities is so strong that people will sacrifice time with their family I hear this all the time I mean I hear this And I see this from entrepreneurs who they're never freaking home and they say they're doing this for their family. But sorry, I'm going to speak directly to those of you who have small children, a young family, and you're saying you're doing this for your family, but you're sacrificing time with them that you will never get back. So I just want to commend you on that because I think I said something this weekend. I was like, Brock, the hashtag course you're doing, like you really need to do a webinar That would be an incredible lead magnet where you're teaching some of the principles. And then for those people who want to go deeper, you could offer them the course at the end of the webinar. It would really perform well. And you just like mid-sense, you're like, no, no. And I was like, why did you just cut me off? Excuse me. And what was your response?
1: My response was it's football time. In a week and a half, I start fall camp for football, which is a month straight of 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. being scheduled without an open hour. And I know that we're a week and a half away. And even though over summer I've been in football mode, I'm totally in that space right now. I know that's my focus. And that's what I absolutely love to do before anything else is play football. And I have a very limited window of time where I can play football. Mm -hmm. I can build a business when I'm 80. I can't play football very well when I'm 80. So that's my focus right now. I know I have a week and a half before fall camp. And then after that, we're into four months of the season. So I'm in football mode.
0: So when I brought up that idea... It was really clear to me that you didn't have to think about it. You'd already made that decision. Mm-hmm. And so can you walk us through, like, what does that decision look like? Because I think people, they let these ideas float around in their head. Like, yeah, football's my priority. Or let's say it's, you know, somebody who's listening right now. My family's my priority. Or my kid is going off to college in the fall. So they're my priority right now. They think that, but they don't, like, write it down or make a definitive Decision about how they'll evaluate decisions and so when opportunities present themselves someone else Being faced with the idea of like hey, you should do a webinar. They might be like wavered and thought to themselves Yeah, I can make time for that. So I could tell when I brought up the idea you'd already Made a decision or thought that through. Can you walk us through that?
1: Yeah, so for me, it's kind of the three things that I always ask myself and actually recently I was thinking about what's my plan for social media for, mm. for the football season? Should I outsource it all? And Because I definitely have enough content pictures wise. You know, do I just outsource all my Instagram postings? And then do I just not be active on Instagram stories? Or do I try to remain active on Instagram stories and outsource parts of it? Like, What's my plan for football season? And I kind of decided about a week ago, I'm shutting it all down. I am not going to be on Instagram. I'm not going to be active on Snapchat. I'm going to come back after football season, but during football season, I'm going to be Dude, deuces, really? deuces, yeah. Really? Deuces, yeah. I am going to be bye So bye-bye.
0: that's why.
1: That's because okay, so there's the three things I was Cuz right. that's yeah.
0: I mean, I'm it's your big, mom.
1: It's big. It's big. No, and it's absolutely it's, it's scary. It's past sketchy. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. And will I probably lose some followers probably?
0: And I don't, I wouldn't even worry so much about the followers. I think I'd be more concerned about your expertise, right? Cuz so much changes on the hour in social and that's what you're like so well known for right now is like figuring out the algorithms and what to do before everybody else does
1: yeah so sorry everyone you're gonna be on your own (laughs) on that for a couple months i mean i will will still be here we'll still be no i'm i've made my decision so why so i'm still gonna be here on byt so you're still gonna get some build your tribe episodes that's about all you're gonna get though
0: okay um but again like you said outsource the posting even outsource the engagement and still be looking to see what people are doing and following those trends. And, you know, maybe even just an hour a week would keep you relevant. Are you doing it because you want to make a statement?
1: Part of it is wanting to make a statement. What's
0: the statement you want to make?
1: The statement that I'm making is I'm very committed to what I'm doing right now in this stage of my life, which okay. is playing college football.
0: Is that a statement to yourself or is that a statement it's to a like statement the to world? It's a statement to myself,
1: it's a statement to the world, a statement to my team, it's oh. a statement to my friends, and it's a statement, honestly, to my followers who are a part of my business, my customers. Yeah. That they know that if that means this much to me, I am 100% committed to it. Well, this would be really quite cool it'll be a fun social experiment
0: and yeah. now and you can experiment right now because you're not you don't have dependent children to care for
1: exactly and like you said an hour that a week. i know of. sure the hour <laughs> the hour yeah that we know of. the hour a week will still be happening like just naturally being my age yeah. i will still be aware of trends that are happening i will still be aware of everything that's going on i'll still understand what is changing in terms of algorithms but i won't be actively researching and doing my own postings and, okay. and being engaging on social media, spending hours a
0: day. So you might like go to kind of a social instead of a business type posting. Like, so not wait, even I, really no you, posting. You're really, you really shutting it down. I will not down. be posting. It's
1: not <laughs> a social. It's not. I'm not backing off. I am 100% getting out of the car, locking the door and walking away.
0: That's a statement.
1: Yes, it's a statement. Okay. So you kept asking me why though? Yeah. So I was going back and forth and really I spent the entire summer thinking about this decision and i've been talking to lots of different people and weighing out the pros and cons in my mind of what could i do how does this look how does you know how does this affect me and i have three things that i always ask myself and this is like what made the decision final for me okay the three things i value most peace of mind Mm -hmm. freedom to do what i want
0: yeah
1: and having a settled soul
0: Mm-hmm. a settled soul
1: settled soul that's a little judah smith for you
0: okay describe it
1: having a settled soul so having a settled soul isn't a soul that's settling i am not being okay with average or settling wherever i am instead a settled soul just means that When I lay my head on the pillow, I'm at rest. I'm at ease. I'm at peace with myself and where I am in my life. Mm -hmm. I've Mm -hmm. found joy. I know what I'm doing. It might not be the perfect thing. It might not be the right thing. But for me, it's the wise thing.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I think it's a good decision because the only negative really is that it could impact your business. But so what?
1: So what? It's a business.
0: Exactly. That's
1: not what's most important to me
0: that's right who cares mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and so yeah that's why i i asked myself and it was really about a week and a half ago when i made this decision i sat down and i was like going back and forth as i have been all summer and i finally just like thought about those three things and i thought no if i am off social completely mm-hmm. i will enjoy this season so much more and in yes. fact i was at breakfast with one of my really good friends jake who's another quarterback on the football team it was just him and i we were talking and i was kind of told him this idea i was like you know I think for the season I'm gonna totally sign off social media. I did it in high school. Obviously I didn't have a business then, but I think I'm gonna do that. And he says, Man, I can't wait to see what you're gonna be like when you don't have to worry about all that all the time. Really? Yeah. And see, that took me a second because I was like, wait, do I have that perception of like I'm constantly worried about it? And I asked him, I said, Is that how I come across is that I'm like constantly worried? He said, No. But I know that you're always having to do those. You're always responding to comments. He's like, I know you love it. Yeah. And I know that you're passionate about it and you're really good at it. But I'm really excited to see how much more engaged you are in every other aspect of your life when you're not having to worry about mm. those huge. things. That's, and I was, that's pretty yeah, cool. I you did
0: do it in high school.
1: I did do it in high school. Yeah, that's where I got I the forgot. idea. I forgot. Was yeah. that
0: your senior year?
1: Both junior and senior year. And you that,
0: signed off during football season.
1: Signed off during football season. And that was because more of a... Didn't want to read news articles and and hear what people had to say online.
0: Yeah. Well, that leads me to my next question. This is a good lead in. A lot of people, when they start transitioning to build their business and realizing that social media isn't about social posts, it's more about the kind of posts that serve their community, right? Like there's a, a point at which every entrepreneur has to go, okay, this picture of my dog laying by a bowl of food. Isn't serving anyone. It's cute to my family and friends. This selfie I take of myself every day is, <laughs> you know, it just, it's not serving people. And they have to transition and start creating content that serves others. And I will often hear, as I'm sure you do, people say, well, what do I do about my friends and family that don't understand what I'm doing? You obviously had to deal with that. So what advice do you have for others? Because think about it like the kids your age, you know, that you hang out with, they're not on social media as social media experts. They're not teaching, they're not trying to attract, they're not engaging with you know, thousands and thousands of people who are potential customers, right? So you have a different persona, like you have kind of a social media like teacher persona and then mm-hmm. you've got like Brock the football player persona. What advice do you have for people who are worried about their friends and family and how they're going to perceive their social media feed if it turns to, you know, more about serving community versus keeping everybody updated on what's going on in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. So I will say that most of my friends, the majority of my friends, and these are 20-year-old male, masculine football players.
0: They're not all masculine. Just <laughs> kidding.
1: They're pretty masculine. They were generally very supportive. Uh-huh. Very supportive. Very supportive. With a few exceptions, and the exceptions weren't negative and non-supportive. They were more just like, those guys like to tease me a little bit more, make fun of me a little bit more. So I will say that off the bat is it's a group that you would think would be very unsupportive of someone who's suddenly posting a bunch of selfies. There Uh aren't many 21-year-old guys posting a bunch of pictures of themselves on Instagram like I am, talking direct to camera on stories like I am. So you would think that my group of friends or my people who I'm with every day wouldn't be very supportive of that. And they weren't, so that's something definitely to consider. But at
0: first, they, you know, like high school friends, and your followers were all people who were all people who went to high school with yeah, you. Yeah. So there, there was a
1: shift in engagement. There was okay. definitely a dead period.
0: Let's talk about that. Yeah. So
1: there was a dead period where all of my followers were me. All of my followers were twenty-year-old football players from my hometown. Yeah. That's not my target audience. Yeah. That's not who's buying. Help with hashtags.
0: So you didn't start over. You no. just were okay with. Losing the interest of some people who weren't going to pay the bills.
1: I was okay with three months of not getting very many comments, not getting very many likes, people just not being very interested in my page, and even losing following. And the way I think of it is kind of like a slingshot. Okay. So in order to make a slingshot fly real far, you know, in order oh, yeah. to make the thing fly, you got to pull it back a little bit first.
0: Hang on. We're, this is not your analogy. <laughs> yes, it is. Is it really? Yes, it is. That's yes, good. it is. I have
1: a lot of good analogies.
0: I'm going to steal I this. love
1: analogies and metaphors. And so anyways.
0: And awful jokes.
1: Yeah, it's part of it. Uh-huh. It's part of it. It's how my brain works. So you have to pull back. Yeah. There has to be that time where you can't always move forward. Sometimes you're in the slingshot getting pulled back. And so for me, that it was, you know, it was about a three month period where uh-huh. engagement was weird. Honestly, during that time, I was kind of figuring out, well, what do I want my voice to be on social? Do yeah. I want to just copy Gary V? Do yeah. I want to be like Sean Cannell? Do I want to impersonate this person? Do I? How am I going to be myself? And over time, I've also discovered that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: right when I first started with my whole posting on social media and being the kind of presence I have today, I wasn't posting dance videos.
0: That's oh, yeah, came that's over true. time. That yeah, actually true. just
1: started about six months ago, about a year and a half into this whole business thing. That's all? Mm-hmm. That only started about Christmas time. It started a little bit earlier on Snapchat, which makes sense. That was a lot more of a personal audience. And then eventually it moved over to Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So was that intentional? Because you're like, I first have to get the credibility before I let loose and let them see I'm a goofball?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And even on Snapchat, my first three weeks on Snapchat, and I've told this story a few times, Recently, is that my first three weeks on Snapchat were probably my hardest weeks. But if you followed me for those three weeks, you got some insane content. What I mean by that is I wasn't sharing anything about my personal life. Mm. I wasn't documenting like I say oh, now. Yeah, yeah, it was a hundred percent tips, tips, teach, teach, teach. Like every single day on Snapchat, yeah. you were getting like a Facebook Live worth of content. Do
0: you recommend that for people?
1: I don't recommend that. It, oh. That's why I've been telling that story recently. Is that that's really really tough. It is really, really tough to just share tips, 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 tips. So when you're starting tough out. It's tough
0: on you or yes, tough to tough build? On,
1: tough on you.
0: Okay, but what if somebody could do it? They're like, I've got a lifetime worth of tips. I can then, do that. Then,
1: then go okay. for it. Then okay. go for it. Because that's then the audience is immediately seeing all of the value that you're giving. But I think finding maybe an 80-20 mix at the start, 80% sharing tips, 20% sharing your life, and then over time adding in more life, more of what makes you you once you have that credibility. I think that makes more sense
0: it reminds me i was listening to oh actually i was jevin i was watching oh, one jevin. Of, yeah i was watching one of his youtube videos and he was talking about people when they first start a youtube channel whether it's a good idea to do a daily vlog like which means uploading a video about your life every single day to youtube which a lot of youtubers have found tremendous quick <laughs> success from that and he was saying kind of the same thing it's like if you can do it great we
1: talked about it this morning i talked oh, about it with him this morning but he was
0: just saying like how incredibly hard it is
1: yeah he said it's incredibly draining and he said especially just being someone who loves to travel you know we were talking about traveling the world and seeing people addicted to technology he said i love when we travel leaving all my equipment at home for a day and just experiencing life he mm-hmm. said that's really important to me he said so that doesn't work with having a daily vlog i need to have yeah. my video camera with me every single day to vlog whatever i'm doing on that day he said so I definitely grew a lot from daily vlogging but I would never do it again just because commitment wise I value being away from technology more
0: yeah Yeah. you know I think we've stumbled upon something which is you know you can make a commitment to do something like post twice a day on Instagram and update your stories all day long but whatever that commitment is you also have to give yourself permission Do it for a period of time, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to do it indefinitely because I think so many people they're just all in, like it's all or nothing. Mm -hmm. And then when they get burnt out, rather than just cutting back, they're like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I think what we're hearing is you just have to give yourself permission to pull back and kind of a date by which you're going to return or a manageable return. Yeah. Can you share with us an experience that was maybe painful and helped you to learn a lot in the last year or two?
1: So the first one that comes to mind is when I launched one-on-one coaching, mm. and if on face value that might be considered a big success Why? because I had a lot of people really interested in the one-on-one coaching in 24 hours. Like I, I had know. to, <laughs> you
0: called me like, mom. To, <laughs> what do I do? I got to <laughs> shut this down.
1: Exactly, I had to shut it down within basically 12 hours of launching because so many people wanted to work one-on-one with me. So the reason I would say that that was a big learning lesson was because I learned how valuable one-on-one coaching can be for people. And I learned how I was undervaluing myself. Mm. And I learned also throughout that experience of one-on-one coaching and taking on tons of clients at once, how demanding that was on my time. Yeah. So even though sure it was more rewarding for my pocketbook than pretty much any other kind of business I'd done for any products or courses, It was way more draining on my soul. Like I felt so many times throughout my spring quarter of school, so many days when I went to bed, I would be just drained, tired, exhausted, losing my voice on a daily basis. It was very time consuming. It Mm -hmm. was very emotionally consuming. Um, And so sure, it was great for my business, but it wasn't great for me. And for that reason, I probably won't do it again.
0: That's interesting because, you know, your dad and I did private coaching for, I think, two years. And we could change our minds someday, but we stopped doing it even with a long waiting list of people because we also found it very draining. Like it was emotionally draining. I felt responsible for everyone's business and their success and what they were doing and what they weren't doing. And I felt like I had to build them a house by hand and also like bathe their children and figure out their life. Like (laughs) it was just, I just... Felt like I could never give them enough. Absolutely. And the worst clients of all were the ones who either weren't engaging. Like, then I was like, God, you're wasting this money. Like, there's so much you could be doing, and there's so much we can help you with, but you're just not engaging. And those clients killed me. And then there was the ones who were like, take so much more <laughs> from you than what they've paid for. And I felt like I was on demand and on call for them. And as much as you love them, you also need to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't figured that out, and I don't know if we'll do that again. We certainly won't be doing it again anytime soon. Next question for you, Brock Johnson, is In the last year, what's one lesson that you've learned around pricing, pricing a product, or even your own time?
1: I think it was something that I learned from you, and that's you should price a product at a price that you feel like your customer is stealing from you. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I price a lot of my products real low Mm -hmm. is your
0: clients really are stealing from (laughs) you. They're all going to go to jail.
1: (laughs) Um, That's so I think that also kind of relates to the episode that I did recently on on selling is when you have your product priced at the point that you feel like your audience is stealing when they're purchasing it from you you feel a lot more comfortable talking about it. Word. You know, if I'm selling a paperclip for $1,000 and I'm going to like talk about how it's the greatest paperclip ever, I'm going to feel really icky selling that because I know that's not the truth. Yeah. But if you're selling a product that's really worth $100 for $67, yeah, you are going to feel a lot more comfortable. So that's kind of how I've gotten into this price range. And then I've found a niche, I think, I really think I have in this kind of $20 to $50 price range yeah. where it's not going to be all that much Of a hit on your wallet. Yeah, you know what else? It's one meal out.
0: We've talked about this. The other reason why Brock has a course that he released a month ago. And it's just taken off. Like, it is exploding. We just, people are going crazy for it. And it could, price may vary, but at the time that we're recording it, it's available for... $37. $37, which is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So this is a, a great tip for some of you. And where you can learn from my experience and his experience and what's changed in the marketplace is I think so many of us have purchased courses that we can't get through them. And we have so many courses and so many big ideas and so many things we want to learn that we realize a course is worth, you know, $5,000, but we don't buy it because we're like, "I, I don't know if I'll ever get through it. So yours is like it's very doable and you actually market it as you'll get through it this weekend mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you give it a price point that even if I don't get through it, I don't feel lousy about myself. If I buy a $2,000 program and I never use it, I feel bad about myself. If mm-hmm. I buy a $37 or even a $40 or $57 program and I only get one tip, I'm like, you know, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. So I think you're on something there.
1: And I think part of that. Goes back to, or I guess a part of the reason why I'm happy at that price point, I think I found a niche there, a testimony to that, is that I haven't had one refund. Mm. Not one refund, not one person has gone through it or watched the videos and asked for a refund and there's, I'm looking it up right now, I think there's over 800 people who have gone through Help With Hashtags and not one has asked for a refund.
0: That's insane. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, of course there's people who have like accidentally purchased or double purchased, but no one has checked out the content and wanted the refund.
0: That is Mm -hmm. remarkable. So real quick before I let you go, because Brock's about to fly back up to UC Davis to start the football season. What process did you go through in order to decide or to, you know, figure out, okay, this is my next course is a hashtag course, because you and I have been like brainstorming, like, should I do a course on this? Should I do a course on this? And you were using a lot of the intel Mm -hmm. that you were getting from personally coaching people to try to figure out which was your next course, how did you allow your audience to help you make that decision, or did you?
1: I think that's exactly it. I I allowed my audience to make the decision for me based off what they were asking for, what they needed, and what I had recently been working on myself. Mm -hmm. So I recently had gone through this whole process to kind of create this hashtag strategy for myself.
0: Because you had to go from...
1: Build a whole new audience. I had to go from the 21-year-old college football player audience to my audience now. And so I had to develop a strategy to make that happen, and it worked for me, and it worked for you. And then it started working with all my one-on-one clients, and I realized that it was easy to teach but it wasn't easy to teach in one sitting. So it wasn't something yeah. that I could do in a Facebook live. It yeah. wasn't something that I could, you know, share on a couple Instagram stories. I needed to create a course for this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I knew again that it wasn't going to be a super long course. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to be something that was going to take months to create and it wasn't going to take months to get through. I could create it in a day and you could easily get through it in a day.
0: Well, that reminds me, while you're on hiatus, once the football season starts in terms of social media, are you still going to make your programs available evergreen like will they still be available to people
1: yeah so that my programs will still be available to people because the information is still relevant and so it's still going to be available to people if they want to enroll i'm not going to take it away from anyone yeah i want to leave that and option available. Where, where
0: can people learn more
1: help with hashtags is on helpwithhashtags.com
0: what about your other courses
1: uh, my other course that I currently have available is also $37. And that one is called the seven day content challenge. And that is on seven And the seven day content challenge is a challenge that lasts seven days. It's video based every day. You get access to a new video. That's only about five minutes long. And it's walking you through what you should post and when you should post on your socials for that day. So it's exact templates of like, here's what a caption could look like. Here's what you could talk about on stories today. Mm. Here's what your post on your feed could look like. And then once the entire week is over and you have a week under your belt of what it feels like to be posting content on every day, combining your Instagram with your Instagram story and your Snapchat story, then I'd walk you through how you can plan this all out ahead of time. Uh. So I walk you through actually how you can come up with all of your content on a Sunday or on a Mm. Thursday afternoon and be set for the next seven days. It
0: keeps people accountable.
1: Mm -hmm. It absolutely does. And gives them a system. Yes, it does. And there's a daily downloadable PDF checklist. Mm. So every single day you're just checking off the boxes. It's not, you know, out there, out in the open, just trying to figure out what you have to do. It's literally here are the six things you get done today. Once you get those done, you're done with the challenge for the day.
0: Those two courses each have their own domain name and we'll put links to those in the show notes as well for this Build Your Tribe episode. But do you use your main site where you can get like all your courses? If not, you need to do that.
1: You can. I'm not sure how. <laughs> sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. My main website is brock11johnson.com because uh-huh. that's what I am on all socials, brock11johnson. Yeah. And there is a courses link.
0: Okay. I- we better double check that. That's your homework assignment. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today, even though this is our podcast. And I guess up next, I'll be your guest.
1: Absolutely.
0: Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for joining us here on Build Your Tribe. It is our goal to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. We out.
1: And as always, happy networking.
0: This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and they're just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to smartlifepushjournal.com.